Hello, hello, hello. Can we give the Lord another clap? Come on. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. I'm calling a little bit of an audible here, but could you turn on the, the track or the pad for the altar call? Um, I just, as I was worshiping with that song, with I Surrender, I really feel like the Lord just led me to a few different scriptures, kind of off from what I prepared, off of what I planned on talking about. But I think it's really, really crucial for this room. And I think some of us, that line that stuck out to me from, that, from the verse that we just sang is, I surrender, I want to know you more. I want to know you more. And there's a theme throughout the Bible that that lyric is based off of, of if, if we want to go new levels with the Lord, if we want to know him more, there is a, no, a, a different type of surrender we have to step into. There's a different level of surrender. And so I want to go to Exodus 33. And I think we actually have this verse up here, but verse 11. And it says, So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. And here we see that Moses knew God perhaps better than any man knew God. He knew him face to face. But you ask, how did Moses get there? Well, later in the chapter, Moses isn't, isn't, he isn't satisfied with that level of knowing the Lord. Even face to face, he's not satisfied. He wants more. And it says in verse 18 of Exodus 33, Moses says, Lord, please show me your glory. He wants a new facet, a new level of depths with the Lord. And this is what the Lord says in verse 19. He says, the Lord said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I'll be gracious to whom I'll be gracious and I'll, gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, here is a place by me and you shall stand on the rock. And so shall it be when my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Moses, he wanted to see a new level of the Lord. He wanted to know him more. He wanted to know him more. He was desperate to know him more. And what did the Lord say? He said, here's a cleft in the rock and you have to stay right there. You can't move from that cleft of the rock to the right or to the left. If you were to move six inches to the right, six inches to the left, you might see my face and at that moment you would die. There was a new level of surrender that Moses had to step into. All of the Israelites at the bottom of the mountain, they could walk wherever they wanted. They could go to and fro. They could, they could run. They, it didn't matter. They could run six miles, let alone six inches. But Moses had a different level of surrender that he had to give if, in order to see the Lord in that way. And then I want to flip over to the New Testament in Matthew 5. And this is Matthew 5, verse 29 through 30. It says, if your right hand causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. 
For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And the last scripture I want to read is from 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9. And it says, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And as we were were praying, as we were worshiping in that song of I Surrender, I just really felt like there was people in the room here, people watching online that, that say, man, I really do want to know God more. I do. I want to go. And I feel like the Lord is saying, well, there's, a, there's something that has to go in order for, me to, for you to know me a little bit better. Maybe it's a, some, some type of sin pattern. Maybe it's something that, you know, you've, you've been carrying along like a little dog on a leash. But the Lord's saying, no, like, leave it behind. I'm ready to go. And if there's something in your life that you, like, need prayer for, that you, you know, like, when I'm saying this, it resonates with you, like, man, I know exactly what he's talking about. I have to give this up. I want to, like, I want to put it aside. I want to put it behind me because I want to know you more. I want to know you more, Jesus. If that's you, I'm actually going to, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask, Dad, could you come up? And Caleb, could you come up? And if that's you, you can turn up the track in the background as well. But I really feel like we're just supposed to open up a space for people to respond by coming up forward and receiving prayer. And if that's you and you need to receive prayer and you're saying, man, like I'm done. I really want to go to this next level of the Lord. I want to enter into this next level of surrender. And if you're watching online, just type, that's me in the chat. And there's people online that are ready to pray for you, that are ready to connect with you as you make this next decision to say, man, I'm I'm done with this. I'm done with this sin, this sin pattern. I'm done with this thought. I'm done, I'm, I'm ready to cut it out so I can go deeper and more and longer with the Lord. And if, if this his, doesn't, if this isn't hitting you, if this is not resonating with you, feel free to just sit in the presence of the Lord and just ask him, cry out to him, ask him to, know, ask him to reveal himself to you, for you to know him in a deeper way. The Bible says in Psalms 139, verse 23 through 24, it says, Search my heart, O God, and know me. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting life. And that's exactly what the, the time that the Lord is leading us into. And so I just felt like we we're supposed to create this time. So yeah, I'm going to hop down here and I'll be open to pray. But if you feel like that's pressed on your heart, feel free to come forward.
as people are continuing to pray, that's totally fine. Feel free to stay up and get, get prayer. You know, this surrender that God gives us, the surrender that we give to God in order to know him more, you might be asking, why, why does God require so much of us? Why, why does God have to, why do we have to surrender to know, to know God more? And I just really felt like the Lord is speaking to us. And I feel like this is for somebody in the room, somebody online watching, is that Jesus surrendered in order to know us more. He, he, he took the first step. He was the one who took the first step. See, Jesus, he was seated in glory. He was seated in heaven above in glory. He was seated on his throne. He had angels, thousands of angels flying around him singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. He was receiving all the praise from all of heaven. And he looked down to earth and said, my people are separated from me from sin and it breaks my heart. He had compassion. In Philippians 2, it says that he forsook everything. He didn't count deity. He didn't count equality with God as something to be taken hold of. But he forsook it all and was found in the nature of a man. He left all of that behind in order to know us more. And he lived a sinless life and then died on the cross so that we could be saved, healed, and delivered. Because the wages of our sin, the payment for the things that we've done wrong, for lying, for cheating, for stealing, for looking at porn, for giving into lust, adultery, you name it, drugs, alcohol, that sin, the wages of that sin was death. It was the payment that needed to be made for that, for that sin, was death. And Jesus said, my people are either going to have to pay the death themselves by spending eternity in hell or I can step down from heaven and pay that payment for them. I can be the payment. And so he surrendered. He took, he forsook heaven and came down to earth, lived a sinless life, did not sin once, but then died a sinner's death on the cross. And why did he do it? Why did he do it? He did it because he wanted to know you. He wanted relationship with you. He didn't want this barrier of sin to separate you anymore. He wanted to walk and talk with you just like he intended in the Garden of Eden in the cool of the day. And I believe that there's some people in this room, there's people online who are ready to say, Lord, if you've surrendered first, then I'm ready to surrender my whole life. Maybe I've known Jesus for a while, but I've never actually given him everything. Maybe I've known him as Savior, but not really known him as Lord. Maybe I've played the church game for a while, but I've lived like the world the rest of the weekend. If any of those apply to you, tonight's your night. It's tonight's your night to get right with God, to know that you're on your way to heaven. And so with everyone's head bowed, eyes closed in the auditorium here, and online, we're speaking to you as well. If that's you and you say, man, I am ready. I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus. I'm ready to go all in. I'm ready to leave everything behind and come and follow Jesus. I'm ready to submit to your way, Lord. I'm ready to become a disciple of Jesus. If that's you, 
in the room, would you raise your hand on the count of three? And, it, and if you're watching online, would you type in the chat? One, two, three, if that's you. And you say, I need to get right with God. I want to surrender my entire life to him. And I want to give him everything I have. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you to those who are responding online. Thank you, Jesus. Love you, God. Love you, Jesus. Praise you. Honor you. Now, would everybody just repeat this prayer after me? If you're watching online, repeat this prayer after me too. Say, Jesus, I love you. I thank you for sending your son. I thank you for paying the payment of sin that I couldn't pay. Jesus, I need you. Come and be my savior. Come and be my Lord. I give you my entire life from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we give a hand? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. A little bit, little bit of a different night here, and, but I think it was worth it. I think some people definitely received, and I believe that, man, even if you were sitting in the pews, I believe that God downloaded something to you, too, while we were standing here. And so um, with the rest of my time here, I, only, I don't have very long. And so with the rest of my time, I just want to touch on one, one area of discipleship. You know, the, this past month that we've been talking, we've been talking about our vision statement as Res Life Church. We've been talking about winning souls and making disciples. And so we talked the first week about winning souls. We looked at Dwight L. Moody and Charles Finney. We were inspired to preach to the multitudes, but also to share with those who are close in our life, to be that uncle, that aunt, to be the Sunday school teacher who really cares about their nieces and nephews or their students about their salvation with Jesus. We talked about how Res Life is a, is a community of soul winners. We exist to win souls and to make disciples. And then last week, Pastor Ricky touched on how the First Impressions team works in that avenue. How we as a community can, we each play a part in building a welcoming environment for everyone. And I don't know about you guys, if anybody watched it here, I was challenged and I was inspired by his testimony. Pastor Ricky he literally came here one night and one person, one person said hi to him and made him feel like a VIP. And he came that next Sunday and gave his life to the Lord. Like, that's crazy. That is crazy. And now he's, he was up here speaking. All because one person went out of their way to say, hey, I see you. Let me, let me sit with you. Oh, let me introduce you to these people, you know. And I think that's a practical step that we can all take here at Resurrection Life Church. And the last part of our vision statement that we wanted to touch on was making disciples. And I know there's, there's, a long, there's a long list, and I had a whole message prepared for 30 minutes about making disciples. But if I could sum up everything in one statement, which I'm going to do, because I don't want to keep you here till 8, 9 o'clock, is discipleship is 80% caught and 20% taught. 80% caught, C-A-U-G-H-T, and 20% taught, T-A-U-G-H-T. And you see that all throughout Scripture. All throughout Scripture. Jesus, 
He had 12 disciples in his life. He had 12. But what did he do? He called those disciples out. And those, those disciples surrendered. They left everything behind. And they came and followed Jesus. Just like some of us in this room, some of us watching online took new steps of surrender, right? They surrendered everything and they followed Jesus. But what did, he, what did Jesus do? He took them everywhere he went. He just did life with them. He went with them when they were, they were teaching, when they saw the miracle, and when they did all of the things. They did it together. Discipleship is 80% caught, 20% taught. And why is discipleship so important? Why should we like carry it? Why do we carry it so much as a vision statement, as a pillar for Resurrection Life Church? It's because Jesus, it was Jesus's mandate. Matthew 28, verse 18 through 19. I think we have that verse coming up here on the screen, but it literally says, Jesus, one of his last statements that he made on earth, says, and Jesus said to them, Jesus came and spoke to them and said, All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. In law, I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. Jesus' mandate, one of the last things that he could have ever said on the earth was, Go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. And so discipleship, it's 80% caught, 20% taught. And we need discipleship. We're committed to discipleship at this church. That's why we have a children's ministry. That's why we have a middle school. That's why we have a high school ministry. We have access, young adults. We have growth track. We have freedom foundations. We have all of these different avenues because we believe that and we're committed to at this church raising up faithful disciples who are biblically literate, prayerfully devoted, evangelistically unashamed, and supernaturally bold. And the truth of the, of the reality of discipleship is no matter how good we have it, no matter how much success we get in our lives, so no matter how much we see God move in our generation, if we don't pass that on to another generation, the generation after us, it's just going to fizzle out. And that generation probably won't even remember the Lord. Probably won't even know him. This discipleship is so vital to our church. And that's why we're committed to it. That's why we're committed to it as a body of believers. And so as you go, that was kind of like a mega punch. Three, five minutes on the topic of discipleship. I don't know if that's ever been done before. But hey, here we are. And so... Um, I just want to pray for all of you guys. And as I pray, I'm believing that the Lord's even going to put some people in your mind, some from that, this younger generation, that the Lord's going to highlight to you and say, wow, I, I could really pour into their life. I could really invest in their life. And maybe, you know, it's, maybe it's not going to look like, hey, would you live with me for the next three years? Probably not going to do that, right? <laughs> you know, come, with, come to Meyer with me. Come to, you know, it's not going to be like that. But... I personally have experienced the benefits of somebody older than me walking with me every single week for an entire year. Well, most weeks of the entire year. It's changed the trajectory of my life. And I've seen, I've also walked with other people every single week for an entire year. 
And I've watched it change the trajectory of their life. And I think God could do the same thing through you with this younger generation. Don't, don't believe what you hear about the younger generation. They, it's full of hope. And I believe that part of that hope lies in you. It lies in you. And it lies in you. Watching online, it lies in you. To walk with somebody faithfully and to be with them. To let them learn from you as you learn from Christ. So Jesus, I thank you so much for everybody gathered here today. Lord, I thank you, Jesus. Lord God, for the freedom, Lord Jesus, that, was, that took place up here at the front. God, I thank you, Jesus. Lord God, for shifting my, shifting my plans by the Spirit, Father. And I thank you, Lord. I just pray your blessing and your favor on every single person gathered here. Jesus, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd fill them, God. That you'd show them people that they can faithfully disciple, faithfully walk with Jesus. And Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for the people who are going to be changed, transformed, healed, delivered as a result of what took place here tonight, Jesus. I thank you for this younger generation, Lord. They're not hopeless, Father. They're filled with hope. And I'm looking at the hope right here, Jesus. I'm looking at 60, 70 people and those watching online who are saying, wow, I'm not going to give up on this next generation. I'm actually going to intervene and walk with somebody from that generation to be a faithful follower of Jesus. Lord, I love you, God, and I thank you, Jesus. You are so good and you're greatly to be praised. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.